Connect. Influence. Optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to The Channel Channel. This is David Loftus, CEO of ECIA and host of this session of The Channel Channel, a podcast sponsored by the Electronic Components Industry Association, covering topics that are important for participants of the electronic supply chain. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Peter Heggis, CEO of Metal Corp, an ECIA partner company that has been the technology driver behind a multi-year ECIA project we call ETL. Peter has been owner of a professional consulting company and even an adjunct professor for University of New Hampshire for network and cloud virtualization. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, uh, for our listeners that may have not had exposure to ETL, can you please give a quick overview of ETL? What's it stand for and what's the technology? Absolutely. So ETL is a, an acronym that stands for Extract, Transform, and Load. And what it basically does is it gives any company the ability to extract out information from their infrastructure, typically from a CRM or database of some sort. It allows you to then manipulate or transform the data so that it is able to be digested by the CRM or, or database that's at the secondary location. And then the loading capability, which would obviously be the saving of that data in the correct format to that secondary location. And so METAL kind of plays on that whole ETL, which is uh, METAL is another acronym, which stands for MAP, Extract, Transform, and Load. And inevitably, it's a fun acronym for the electronics industry because most electronics are made of metal. And then also, there is this component, which is this mapping uh, requirement that, uh, that is part of all of our projects that we do with all of the different customers that are members of the metal community. Super. Thanks for, for that overview. Maybe just a little bit of perspective for some of our listeners that have not been exposed to ETL, a little bit of history on how this came about. Alan Ahern and the Rep Council were discussing a few years ago about how frustrating it was for them to be capturing new business opportunities in their own CRM and having to try to duplicate the all the data entry for multiple principles CRMs. Obviously, principles uh, manufacturers want to know what kind of opportunities the reps and the channel are creating. And when a rep company wants to be able to enter the data, a lot of times it has to be entered not just twice, but sometimes three and four times if an opportunity with a customer it includes products from multiple of the rep companies' manufacturers. So Alan and the Rep Council worked up this idea about can we find an automated tool to be able to allow us to be able to do the job once and try to get that data across to uh, one or more other CRMs in 
uh, our principles and, and maybe the channel. So Alan and the Rep Council brought it to the board, had a lot of conversations between the different councils and, and brought it to the board. And this, uh, while, while this is, is not a, I think, everyday thing for ECIA to be able to, to uh, sponsor a new piece of technology, ECIA's focus is on efficiency issues for our industry. And so in this case, the board lent its support and actually agreed to make a significant investment in a proof of concept. A number of options were reviewed and uh, Peter's company Metal was chosen to be able to do the first implementation. And so we're really happy that things are progressing. And Peter, since we first went public with this technology just a few months ago, your team has significantly expanded the number of member companies supported and the different CRM supported, correct? It's been a, a really amazing journey, uh, you know, inevitably starting off with, you know, with just simply two companies, you know, rep firm and a, and a manufacturer and working through and kind of defining what the metal protocol really should do and, and what are the prerequisites and the overall capabilities of what metal can provide. And expanding that to any company, and that's kind of one of the initial prerequisites was that, you know, the metal protocol should be able to, to be integrated with almost any company's CRM that would be working within the electronics industry. And so, yeah, we're up to double digits at this point, which is, which is great from a rep and a manufacturer's perspective. So uh, every day we continue to get more interest from, from different companies. Uh, inevitably, the reps are reaching out to the manufacturers and we have some manufacturers that are reaching out to reps helping publicize what we're doing showing the benefits and then we come in and kind of give a nice overview of everything that we can do for them that's great and i'll tell you this kind of project it's really in the wheelhouse of ecia we're sort of unique as far as trade associations and having such great support from manufacturers reps component manufacturers and from distributors and, and the extended channel. And I really want to give credit to Alan and his team. Uh, Alan put his money where his mouth is. He invested a lot of his own people's time in Crowley Associates and uh, really want to thank CNK for their participation in this. They were the initial principal that allowed us to be able to uh, work with their CRM, which happened to be Salesforce. And we were able to get this pilot off the ground and we're making great progress. I would like to just add oh, to that, please. Dave, you know, one of the keys to this entire initiative was really that if we didn't, or if there wasn't a sponsorship, you know, by the ECIA at the top level of any vertical, it would have been much more difficult for the members of, you know, of your community to have this technology or capability that could be shared by everybody. And I just need to identify that as a very key element to the overall success of the metal protocols. So. Great. We thought today we would focus on a few of the most frequently asked questions that sales and their IT professionals have about ETL and about this whole ecosystem. So first and foremost, most people want to know what does it cost? What does it cost for a manufacturer? What does it cost for a rep to be able to get on board with this technology? Sure. 
You know, one of the, the keys that we also thought about when we first kind of worked through the cost analysis of, of what companies could or should pay to, to make this a, a viable option. And, and we really were hoping to make it so that every company paid the same amount, whether or not they were really big or really small, but based it on, on the number of integrations that that company potentially would have. And so we cost the service based on the number of integrations that you particularly have with any manufacturer or if you're a manufacturer with any rep, right? So that's the first thing. Secondly, we break it down into two components. Metal's not at all like a lot of other SaaS companies. Um, what SaaS stands for is software as a service, right? So we, we sit in the cloud somewhere and provide kind of a conduit, if you will, between any two companies in the world. The difference, though, is that every single one of the companies that participates in Metal is a little bit different. And therefore, being able to roll out Metal in a cookie-cutter fashion like you would normally do for somebody that might want to use your CRM or might want to use some other SaaS-based platform, we actually have to understand what it is that you do within your CRM and how you use it and what are the fields that are associated with it. And inevitably, then we take that information, we document it, and then we actually create the flow, if you will, right? So the first uh, fee, getting back to how much it costs, is a project-related fee. And it takes about a week for us to go and understand your process, map and document everything, transform that data into a prospective manufacturer or a rep, and then the testing period, right? So that um, is a first one time, and that's only happens one time for the entire time that you were using the metal protocol. And then the second fee is a reoccurring subscription fee, and that is at $10 a day for each integration that's out there. So if you're a representative and you have two manufacturers that you synchronize with or have integrations for, that's $20 a day uh, from a cost perspective. Yeah, and let's clarify that. Uh, a lot of times CRMs talk about the cost per user. This is not per user, this is per integration. So if you do an integration for you know, a very small startup or you do integration for say one company like OnSemi, it's going to be that $10 per day. It's sort of a flat rate for that interface, right? That is correct. Yeah. And we don't, yeah, you can have unlimited, a lot of ETLs or ELTs, depending upon what you're talking about. They'll actually do it on a transactional basis. They may do it on a user basis. But yeah, we have basically unlimited synchronizations for any one particular manufacturer that's at $10 per day per manufacturer or $10 per day per rep. And so that's where that cost comes in. That's the same. So if you're the rep company, you pay $10 to connect to manufacturer Y. If you're a manufacturer company, you pay $10 a day to connect to rep B. So you brought up a point there that was interesting about having to come in and understand the CRM, how they use the fields and so forth. And so I spent uh, several decades on the manufacturer side running sales and marketing teams. And so I had a lot of uh, challenge trying to customize and manage my CRM, had to have a lot of IT people engaged in supporting me and sales operations and so forth. And so a lot of people will ask, do I have to modify my CRM to be able to take advantage of ETL? The answer is no. 
As far as thinking about what we are doing is we are, as I mentioned, a, a conduit that allows the data that's sitting at rest in any particular CRM to be extracted out, changed into the right format on the destination CRM, and then loaded into there. So as far as you know, needing to modify the CRM, you know, inevitably there's always a trigger mechanism that allows you to do on a, a per new business opportunity synchronization task, right? So depending upon how a particular company would like that to happen, we can either use already made fields that are in their CRM, or they can modify or manipulate any field that they want that you know, provides that trigger mechanism for that synchronization to happen on a, on a per opportunity basis. And I think this is a, a fairly important component where, you know, inevitably, you know, people are worried about maybe data that gets synchronized that maybe they don't want their manufacturer to see, or maybe they don't want it to go over at a particular you know, time period until they're, until they're done or until a certain, uh, until it gets to a certain level from a progress standpoint, you know, we have the ability to do it on a per opportunity basis for each opportunity that a customer may have either a, a rep or a manufacturer. Good. And I guess the key here is that it's not going to take man months of IT time to be able to get started with ETL. Yeah. The, normally the, 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 the IT time is actually very minimal. That is probably the easiest part is the connecting part, right? IT handles the security and, the, and how do we connect to a particular CRM or ETL, which is inevitably a you know, backend database of some sort. So whatever that API you know, is that required to connect in. And then the, the remaining piece of it is really one day of sitting with you know, a field rep that enters data into a you know, into an opportunity and understanding kind of what, what they do on that day and, and what their human logic is thinking when they enter that data and then going over to their manufacturer and seeing them enter it twice, we can then take that idea and automate everything that they just did based on, uh, you know, based on the, the, the parameters that they set in place while we're, while we're working with them. Right, right. You mentioned a key word there, security. Uh, there's all kinds of stories out there about ransomware attacks and uh, data breaches and so forth. Does ETL pose any kind of a security threat? Certainly, companies consider new business opportunities almost the crown jewels of hmm. the company. Yeah, and I would I would uh, answer the question this way is, you know, again, one of the three founding principles was that we would not store any data, any sensitive data uh, from the manufacturers or representative CRM in anything that was, you know, cloud-based, right? So we don't store any of your, you know, contact information or, you know, addresses or real or any of the opportunities or any of those things, right? So, so the, the, the attack surface for metal is very low to begin with. Uh, the second one is a lot of times people look at security as, you know, data at rest versus data in transit. And inevitably, we don't touch your CRM, so we don't actually touch any of your data, which is at rest. So whatever security you know, measures a company has for their CRM is, is what they'll have you know, using Metal. And then as far as in transit, yes, we do encrypt all data between two manufacturers. And so therefore, it is, uh, 
It has been secured between the two locations. Okay, great. So no data is stored in the cloud. Well, I'm going to let you, you change by the word is any sensitive data. And I really want to stress this out because we do have, we keep a, a binary number. It's just a number. And it, um, it, it only allows us to associate different things, but it's a, it's a rhetorical number, right? Okay. And so that number is what's stored in the cloud that allows us to do our magic. But okay. the actual sense, you know, the data itself is not stored in the cloud. So okay. we need to be very careful. I mean, it's, it's a, we don't store any sensitive data that, um, that a particular manufacturer or representative have in their CRM. Okay. We do have a, have a number that we do store in the cloud. Okay, yep. good. A lot of reps are probably resonating with this, uh, with this discussion. And a lot of them uh, may ask, how can we get our principals to get more engaged? It's a great question. And I think it's just starting to happen. And, and uh, if I may be so bold, you know, one of our customers, uh, I think I'm allowed to mention them, Crew Vand, you know, uh, was very excited. They're one of the first adopters that have been using metal. And, you know, after about a month of using it, they said, hey, well, we would like to you know, get other manufacturers that we, you know, that we're a rep for, you know, on board. And so together, what we've done is we've kind of, you know, sent out an introductory email to all of the manufacturers that they represent, uh, identifying, you know, who we are and what we're doing. And, and then we put together a, you know, a scheduled meeting for each one of them to talk about it. And so as additional representatives continue to have this you know, this next phase, if you will, of contacting or wanting to, to integrate their CRM with their other manufacturers, we help them do that. Uh, and so we help coordinate, we, you know, kind of outline what it is that uh, Metal does and uh, inevitably kind of push that, uh, that bits of information over to the manufacturers so that they can get more, you know, comfortable with who we are and what we do and, and hopefully have them adopt, uh, you know, the Metal protocol. So. Great, great. I know that the arsenal of interfaces is increasing uh, continually. What CRMs does this work on today and are more being considered? Mm. I think, you know, metal is a very different type of ETL. Uh, you know, there are lots of ETLs out there that, that need what's called a connector and they need to build connectors for each different type of, of, uh, of CRM or database that's out there. Metal functions a little bit differently uh, in that we don't have proprietary connectors, right? So we use, you know, some sort of either, you know, SOAP or REST uh, API interface or, or web interface that allows us to connect using, you know, dual factor authentication, things along those lines. Uh, and so, you know, we have the ability, you know, to, to pretty much connect any database or CRM that's in the world. Um, and again, I, I don't want to there. I'm sure there are there are some that uh, that we can't right for one reason or another. Uh, they can, could be legacy. They don't have the right APIs. You know, a lot of systems that, you know, probably 20 years old. They uh, they may not have the latest and greatest uh, capabilities. But with that being said, you know, to kind of give you an example of what we uh, started off with, which was obviously Salesforce and Infor. Uh, we've expanded out into rep fabric and empowering, which I know are 
you know, fairly uh, prolific in, uh, in the electronics world. And then we also have Dynamics from Microsoft, both uh, on-premise and in the cloud, and inevitably, you know, home, home-built ones. Uh, we have the ability to connect to a, a back-end access database, right? Uh, uh, so it's, it's pretty robust, and, and we have the ability to connect with, with almost any CRM that's out there. Super. And in fact, you mentioned Cruvan earlier. That's uh, an example of a rep firm that had their own homegrown That's CRM correct. that you guys successfully interfaced with, right? That is correct. Yeah, it was a it's a neat little project, and it uh, it went pretty smooth. So yes, we're we're actually doing them uh, or working with Cruvan and and CNK and. Uh, and that's where Cruvan is, you know, wanted to expand out their opportunities to, to other manufacturers. So. Good. One question people may wonder is how real time is it? Is this a batch update once a day uh, or, or how real time is it? Yeah, it can be as real time as you would like uh, within, you know, we can, it's a scheduled or triggered mechanism task, right? So if you're working on a trigger mechanism, it's immediate, which would mean that, uh, you know, within the five to 15 second range, if it's a scheduled task, you know, we can do it everywhere from a, a minute to 24 hours. So if people like to do uh, updates, you know, in a batch process at the end of the day, we have the ability to do that. But most of the time it's, it's kind of like an immediate, uh, you know, the reps want to see this opportunity uh, in the manufacturer's, you know, CRM as quickly as possible. And so there's typically, a, you know, like I said, or mentioned a, a trigger mechanism, a checkbox or a drop down menu that has a specific value that when it's selected, uh, that opportunity will automatically uh, be synchronized over. Right. And so tremendous advantage being able to copy that information over almost real time. Obviously, it would uh, probably uh, reduce keystroke errors from one interface to the next and, and when people are, are manually duplicating it. Uh, one of the most valuable aspects of this is the amount of time that it saves the sales team to be able to make more sales calls, to be able to get more business for our principal, right? And I, I think you guys have done some studies with some of our early adopters on the amount of time that it does save. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. And, and I, you know, I know that a lot of companies, when you say, Hey, how much time is saved and you give out a, a percentage, um, you know, people second guess you a lot uh, just because you know, every company is a little bit different, but you know, the fact is that literally your people would save, 50% of the time that they would normally spend entering data. So, you know, I kind of phrase it that way rather than 50% of all your time, it's 50% of your time entering data, you know, for an opportunity uh, is saved, you know, by not having to do it twice. And that's not only for the initial uh, opportunity you know, registration, but also from there on forward, all ads, removes, updates, and, uh, and not only that, you know, we have the ability to notify uh, people within the, the particular flow or the process as well, so that as things do change, 
you know, we have the ability to notify different people about those changes so that they can do, you know, up-to-date reporting. They can validate or verify, you know, that the opportunity is, has been sent over to the manufacturer. So it, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been amazing the, the uh, feedback that we have gotten from, you know, both the manufacturers and the reps at this point of, of the times that, you know, we have saved them. So, uh, it's been a it's been a win win for for all parties that's for sure and the manufacturers you know are ecstatic about being able to to have up to date real time opportunity data that they can forecast against um, so they they're actually uh, sometimes more excited than the reps are <laughs> because they don't have to enter any data in as well and that they can just uh, you know have a have an actual report of what's going on in their pipeline. Very good. Very good. That's a great overview, Peter. I guess uh, any other topics that we should share with companies considering this technology? You know, there's there's always going to be you know room for for improvement on anything. There's a, a number of additional, um, I would call them, ideas or opportunities within the uh, electronics industry of of how uh, new business opportunities you know kind of. Um, transfer around between distributors, manufacturers, and representatives. And so inevitably our, you know, our next goal is to, is to help the distributors uh, with, you know, different types of, uh, of opportunities that may uh, provide, you know, additional efficiencies, again, in the elimination of, of manually entering data twice. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities within the electronics industry that that we're hoping to help with. So, Very good. Hey, if people have more questions, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, well, my email address obviously is uh, phigus at the metalcorp.com, uh, but you can also always send email to info at the metalcloud.com, uh, and we would be more than happy to respond to you. So that's info at the metalcloud.com. Great. Peter, thanks so much for the time and insights today. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I, I really appreciate it and, uh, and look forward to, uh, to doing another one uh, when, we, when we have another opportunity. So that would be great. Great. I encourage our listeners to check out the ETL and the Metal Corp information and their demo video on our ECIANow.org website and contact Peter with any further questions. So that's a wrap for today. I hope you'll all join us for our next channel channel interview. Thanks so much for your time to join today's podcast. And we hope all of you and your families are staying safe.